Hello and welcome to Breaking Social. I'm Alex. And I'm Joe. And we're the founders of award-winning marketing agency, Campfire. In our new podcast series, we sit down with a guest to unpick their business journey and find out their secrets to success in branding and marketing. This week, we're going to be speaking to Ash Jones. Ash is the founder of Great Influence, a personal branding agency that works with some of the UK's biggest CEOs and founders, such as Stephen Bartlett, founder of Social Chain, Oliver Cookson, founder of MyProtein, and Umar Kamani, founder of Pretty Little Thing. We're going to be chatting to Ash about how he got into personal branding with a reluctant Steve Bartlett, why even some of the already well-known CEOs and founders benefit from having a great personal brand, and how you can start your personal brand tomorrow by acknowledging your feelings of vulnerability and making sure you're taking the right approach. So, hello, Ash. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, Before we get into any questions, I thought it'd be good to start with a simple one, which is, what is it that you do, and what exactly is uh, the great influence? So... I help CEOs and founders build their personal brands on a very basic level, I guess. Uh, And Great Influence is a personal branding agency that helps CEOs and founders build their personal brands. So was personal branding something that you had a deep-rooted interest in or did you kind of fall into it whilst in another career path? How did you get interested in personal branding? Uh, I think I definitely fell into it. Um, it wasn't like planned to do but I think in hindsight now looking back it was like a really good fit for what I naturally like veer towards and I was thinking about this the other week I was like ever since I've been ever since maybe around the age of like 13 14 I was like obsessed with this idea of like fame and being famous not that I ever wanted to be famous but the like intrigue and mystery of fame was like something I was just naturally attracted toward and then once social chain started like that essentially became like a famous agency and I was always really attracted to that side of it like it being famous and well known and everyone talking about and stuff like that I actually didn't really take much interest in the work that it did and the execution behind the scenes I was more like the front-facing stuff and all the like sparkling glitter and stuff like that of social chain was the thing that interested me. Um, so it was definitely something that I fell into. But in looking back now, it's like uh, the thing that I'd always gravitated towards was like something that would be famous, so to speak. And then I think in turn, that idea of like with fame, to become famous, you have to have like a number of skills i guess and it's like understanding psychology marketing branding positioning narratives all the like storytelling all these kind of things if you look back at anyone who's become famous they've done well in several of those areas so like naturally you'll just sharpen your sword at a bunch of skills that relate to the bigger picture if that makes sense and that was what social chain was like i was really passionate about helping steve become more famous simple as that and in turn helping social chain become more famous and through that passion it's like you then realize oh i have to become better at marketing steve and the story of social chain and then i have to become better at helping storytell around this thing and better at positioning it and branding all these all these things that come along with it so it was like definitely wasn't something that i decided to do and more fell into but in hindsight i'm like oh what a great fit for what i actually care about for anyone that doesn't know, Social Chain's an agency that grew incredibly quickly. Um, we, all three of us, Ash, Joe and I, spent a significant part of our careers there and watched it grow from you know, 20 to 250-odd people. So it was a very, very fast-growing agency, uh, and it was a very famous and highly regarded agency within the marketing industry. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your time there uh, and how you sort of fell into personal branding there? I think first, like, preface it, I'm not like a puppet master behind Stephen Bartlett or something like that. Like just right person, right place, right time. Um, And like you'll know working firsthand with him, like his personal brand work because of how talented like he is at doing that. But how it came about was that my job initially at Social Chain was within marketing. So like trying to build the brand of Social Chain rather than the brand of Stephen Bartlett. And when we first went to do that it was like looking at what conventional marketing for an agency was which was like you start 
social tunnels you have a newsletter you do like case studies um you do like events in the local community stuff like that so i spent a year doing that and none of it worked and at the end of the first full year of social chain which was the first full year was 2015 um Stephen dom sat down and look where all the revenue from the business was coming from and 80 percent of it came from like Stephen bartlett in some way shape or form and then zero percent of it came from what i was doing with marketing which is like <laughs> okay why are you here You're right. <laughs> yeah. um and i think it looking back now it makes sense as to why that was in that you'll know this firsthand like people just buy from people and when you're at that stage of i don't know social chain even though it was quick growth let's say like zero to ten people it's easier to get the word out about the company through the people because they're naturally going out and building the network and spreading the word and stuff like that whereas nobody really like obviously you say social chain now it's got weight and like people know what it is kind of thing whereas back then when it means nothing why am I going to follow social chain on like Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever? Um, whereas that Stephen Bartlett, oh, he seems interesting. He's saying some cool stuff that I resonate with. And then you learn about the company through the individual. And we learned that as social chain. And then we were like, okay, we saw what Gary Vaynerchuk was doing in the US, which at the time I think he was on like Daily V number 75 or something like that. Yeah. So it's still quite early in his vlogging journey. And there was no one in the UK that kind of did that. You looked at entrepreneurs who had put themselves at the forefront of any type of media and it was like Alan Sugar, The Dragons, like it was all old people on traditional channels. There was nobody new and fresh on social channels that was mm. doing a similar thing. Um, so that was just the decision. It was like, let's let's go in that direction and see if that works and it was actually just a side thing at first we'd come in the office at like midnight when everyone had gone home and then we'd shoot videos till like four in the morning and if you go back like somebody sent me a clip of one of the vlogs the other day from like the first 50 vlog episodes and it was like me and steve in the office at like half two and he's like yeah we just finished wrapping a video that's going to go on my facebook page and over time like we started doing that it worked and then we got like the weight to be able to bring it in to social chain more as a thing that they did that helped the business so yeah that's kind of how it started i think i don't know if anyone like i don't know if you'll even remember this but because I, I started out doing video at social yeah. chain and, and you naturally were... yeah so so <laughs> it came about because naturally i wanted to be closer to steve realistically that's why i was doing it so i wanted to get to know the founder a little bit more and so I was trying to offer some sort of value. I started out by filming him just wandering around, like going to meetings. And there was no, it's nowhere near what it is now. It was it was like the beta, beta version of like personal branding where there wasn't even any talking. It was like a montage video. Yeah. Um, I still got WhatsApp groups now with personal mm. brand and Alex is in them. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I suppose he started um, moving more towards bringing that personality into it. And I think that was your sort of input and him bringing himself more into it and his personality and his thoughts rather than someone just following around with a camera. He was starting to bring his ideas into the the videos that he was making and the content that he was making. And it definitely made a massive difference. And I got kicked off the, uh, <laughs> the team. <laughs> it needed to go up a level or something like But um, one thing I'd be interested in, just because, you know, so... Steve was almost really one of the first people. Um, what you know, whether it was your decision, his decision in that team pushing Steve Bartlett's um, personal brand in the UK, like it's not, I it wasn't done in that way before, especially not in in the world of agency. And you look at people who are tooting on the edge of doing it. They all, there's 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 a decision there whether it's, am I going to look stupid when I do this? Mm. Is this right for me? Are people going to take the mick out of me? Was there that decision making process when you between between you, Steve, and whoever else were making that was making that decision? Was there any pushback from anyone who felt well, you know, did, did you potentially feel that it might b backfire if you tried it? Or was Steve at, at all worried about how that might come across? Or was it something that you all collectively thought this is obviously going to work? You know, what what was that decision making process? I didn't think we knew it was gonna work. It was like, you know, anything at social chain, it was just you had a feeling and it was like you were given 
like encouragement to follow that direction and see what happened. But there's a clip actually in his podcast, Diary of a CEO plug, um, where he talks about that moment where he like went into doing personal branding. And we'd been talking about it for years, like before Social Chain, like you should start a YouTube channel because the CEO used to do like talks and stuff like that. And there was this one talk at like a TEDx in like Chalton or something like that um, from years years ago like 2012 when I first met him I remember watching it thinking you should do more of this mm. it's on YouTube I was like you should do more YouTube um, and it was just a thing that we spoke about back and forth and it's like anything you have a million ideas some of them work some of them don't and then when Social Chain came around and there was all of a sudden like it initially started from him doing public speaking and that went really well so it was like okay people clearly care about what you've got to say it how do we scale that you can't do more talks well you could but it's very time demanding you can do the online thing though like content and the clip in his podcast he's actually talking referencing back to those early days and he's like he genuinely wasn't confident not that he wasn't confident but he thought that you know, people were going to think he, you know, like Mahatma Gandhi or like, what's he doing? Why is Steve acting like this and doing these things? Um, and, you know, people from his school thinking, oh, Steve's a dickhead. What's he doing? Um, and he said that it almost held him back from doing it. Like, and I think that would have been the first instances of him putting things live and people yeah. sending those first like messages and stuff like that. And he said that the irony was that the, the thing that, almost imprisoned him turned out to be like the thing that he thinks set him free like him being able to build his personal brand is like it's essentially just giving him freedom of his own thoughts which if you know steve is like the thing that he gravitates towards but he had that moment where it was like he clearly was wrestling with whether he should be doing this or not and what people would think of him and we see it now like everyone that i work with i didn't realize how much of like a an emotional thing went into personal branding and like having to overcome some kind of like anxiety or uncertainty or like external how people would view what you were saying and things like this and it's prevalent across the whole scale of anyone who thinks about doing it whether that's somebody who's like a student who's thinking about graduating and they're like first job out of graduation and trying to get interviews and stuff like that right through to like people that have sold businesses for like tens of millions and they're now worth hundreds of millions of pounds and they still have like this in like something in their head that goes oh, i'm just not sure if i should be doing this um and part of the role that i've got in working with people that i never thought i'd have is almost a bit like a therapist right and like a confidence coach like you have to especially with with your personal brand as well i've seen once people start to get results initially in the first thing that they try they they find themselves encouraged and naturally because they're entrepreneurial they want to grow and scale whatever it is that they're doing and expand it but in doing that that puts them into circumstances that they're not quite like they might be new to or not comfortable with like doing a podcast for example it's like a natural progression of personal brand but it's doing something that you've never done before um so i think yeah like the the emotional side of it applies to everyone and even someone as like self-confident as steve still had that moment where it was like i'm not sure if this is the right thing to be doing that's such a good point about drawing parallels between it being like a podcast because i understand that because thinking back to our first one it was it was terrible like yeah I don't know if I'll be able to find a clip of it or something that we can put in, but it was just an absolute mess. But we had to get it out to for us to get over it and learn from it. So I, I think sometimes, because I'm in that exact position that you've just described, where I know that personal branding is something that I want to do, but I see people that are doing it currently and I just think, oh, that's not that's not really like how I would do it or that's not me. And then I also see that the way that they're doing it's working so the lack of, I suppose, people that I feel like I resonate with that I see with personal brands online mm. partly holds me back because there's no validation of that kind of person out already. And then the second one is, I don't know, a little bit of fear of taking 
getting the first ones out of the way. Yeah. So what would you say to people that don't feel like they're really resonating with anyone online at the moment, but wish there was someone like them out there? I think that, so there's this theory that I was reading about in terms of personal branding, where it's like this theorist called it the front stage. And it's like the parts, the front stage is like the parts of your identity that you intentionally choose to be public facing. And that applies to like celebrities, athletes, musicians, entrepreneurs, whatever. And when you go into that and decide to put yourself at the front stage, so to speak, you can't practice. So naturally it's something that you just have, like none of us know how to do, like dealing with pressing submit on, you know, post on a LinkedIn post for the first time. It's putting yourself out there in some way, shape or form. You can't practice the feeling that you get after you've clicked post. You can't practice when the podcast button goes record because the emotional thing comes into it. You can practice the words and stuff like that, but it's the like the act of putting yourself out there is like naturally an uncomfortable thing for anyone to do. And some people will be more like able to handle it than others, depending on where they're sat on like the introvert extrovert scale. But fundamentally it's like putting yourself out there is a difficult thing to do. Um, I think personally for me, like my own experiences in doing it have been the thing that have taught me the most despite working on all the client work and stuff like that. And so Great Influence has been running for two and a half years now. And for the first two years, I didn't build my personal brand, so to speak. And in the past six months, I've gone on it quite aggressively. And looking back, I can see very clearly why that was. And it was because in the first two years, it was just me and I was making good money. I had good clients. And the thing that I actually lacked in, like from a personal point of view was like time. Time was the main one. I was like, I'd like to have a bit more of a life because I'm working all the time. So the idea of personal brand is like, put yourself out there, which is going to drive awareness, attention. You have meetings, calls, more clients, stuff like that. It's like the opposite of what I internally wanted when I was a one man band after a while once i built the business at first in the first six months i was meeting everyone and talking to everyone because i was trying to find business but then i got to a point where i was like okay i'm making good money i've got good clients this is sweet i actually want something else which is like a bit more time so looking back it's very clear why i didn't build my personal brand then because it was the opposite of what i wanted but then when i decided to build the business out then like when you're growing a business like personal brand becomes a really great tool for doing that in like driving more conversations, more business, all these kind of things. So I think the thing for people to figure out is like trying to, it's super cheesy, but that like Simon Sinek thing of like start with why, that applies to like branding and marketing. It applies to like personal brand as well, like why are you doing it? And a lot of what people would do is like look out at the crowd in terms of personal brand and think that they have to fit like the box of whatever's happening. Yeah. and it's authenticity at the end of the day. Like what I do isn't, I don't feel like I'm trying to copy what somebody else is doing. It's just whatever is comfortable to me. And that's grown over time as well. So if like doing this podcast, I wouldn't have done this like 18 months ago. I'd have been like, mm. I'm going to fuck up my words or whatever. It just wouldn't have happened. But as I've got more comfortable, I've felt I can grow into things more. So it's, but I fundamentally started just doing things that I was like felt was authentic to me and I was happy with doing and then I've grown from there but looking back the reason why I wasn't doing it is because like the reason for building personal brand wasn't there whereas it's super clear to me now like like today I've said to myself about three weeks ago like I'll post every day and it's what like almost 5 p.m now and I haven't posted yet but I'll post when I get home but that's like two years ago if I'd have made that commitment I'd have just not bothered and not because the why isn't there for doing it so something that you've mentioned before uh, is that you know great influence would typically work with businesses that have maybe 
you know, two to four million turnover or at least a, a strong level of success. Um, and the leaders of those businesses that are very, very high performers. Um, you know, people that are listening to this podcast are, or I can imagine quite a few of them are people who are in a position where they're aspiring to get to that point. And I think, and if I could, if I could do my personal brand correctly, that's what's going to get me to that two to four million, you know, turnover point that I really want to do. I really want to start a business and get there. But you're going after the people that are already there. Why, in your opinion, is it important that people who already have that level of success, why it's important for them to build a personal brand? I think why we're going for people that are already there is just like business model, like more budget to be able to do it. And if they're able to further their personal brand, it can have a higher impact on the business in terms of the turnover level they do. But for people that are already there, the people that often engage us, which I've never thought about this before, they typically are like hyper linked to the business. Mm. Like they don't have a very clear, their identity is the business right? a lot of the time. Um, and the business will be like five, six years in or something like that, maybe more. And they are starting to think they're in like a growth phase of that business, which might be one of the last growth phases that it goes through with them there maybe and they're also they've been in business for a while now and they've built something that's successful and they're thinking what what more is there so it almost becomes like we help the entrepreneur but in turn by doing that we're helping the business that they're currently attached to in that moment in time i see so would you say that the majority of the people that you work with are people that are inherently tied to the business and maybe not people who are just owners of businesses and things like that yeah it tends to be like they're their baby kind of thing right i think personal brand is even more important when you're at the start of it like you'll know this mm. like how important as like have you two been in helping drive business mm. like take personal brand out of it just like you two in terms of getting clients and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, good question because i think that was i think well we still do the majority of our onboarding and with clients in, in those early conversations where you're looking at what is best for those people. Because when you are early stage, you know, the reason you're early stage is because you're a young business. Yeah. And when you're a young business, it's because you've recently started. And when you've recently started, you start it because you feel like you've got some form of competitive edge, right? Yeah. So you feel like you know something that not a lot of other people do, or you can do something that not a lot of other people can do. And so when you are early stage, you're the one who has to go and facilitate those conversations because you've got that edge that you believe you've got and it's also up to you to train those other people and so that's why for me i think personal brand is it could be valuable and that's why i wanted to pose a question really because it could be like the people the people that listen that want to get to that that two to four million stage they probably think the same where it's like yeah personal brand's probably going to be huge for me to get there because i've got this edge and i want to let everyone know about it um and i was curious to understand yeah why why you're going for the people that are the two to four million um, but if they are tied to the business, I can I can understand why you're going for that. That yeah. makes sense. I think that as well. It's you'll know this. It's just a, it's it's a real competitive advantage mm. if you can like create noise. And I actually, again, um, I had a conversation with Steve where we were at dinner with this guy, and this guy is like Arnold Schwarzenegger on steroids. <laughs> he is huge. A, you, like you can't. He's massive. That's absolutely. Massive. <laughs> he's absolutely huge. You can't not like if he walks in a room, bang, you see him. And he's a PT. And at the conversation, he was like, why am I not like getting more PT clients? Unless I'm in the gym, I get PT clients when I'm in the gym. And it's like, well, go on your social. And it's just like you partying with girls and you buy cars and stuff like that, stuff like that. It was nothing about like the fact that he was a PT or how he can help people achieve their body goals or whatever whereas when people walk in the gym and look at him it's like well if i'm after a pt he can clearly help so when he's in the gym he's sorted but outside of the gym he was frustrated with the like not getting enough leads so to speak and steve said this analogy he was like i don't know if this is true but apparently daddy long legs is one of the most poisonous like creatures in the world but it's got no fangs so the poison is just dormant and he was like, essentially, that is what is happening. Is like, you've got two things with generating interest into whatever you do. And it's like social proofing uh, and noise. And the social proofing is like, are you good at what you say you're good at that people need? 
So when he walks in the room, if I need a PT, I'm thinking that guy can help. He's got the social proof in, but he doesn't make any noise about it. And he said, that's kind of like the situation, the daddy long legs. He's got the poison, the social proof in, but it's not making any, it's got no fangs. So, you know, the social proof is just sat there dormant. You're not shouting about it. And that just made so much sense in terms of like, you, I feel like you need the two to create a really significant competitive advantage in business. And the really good people will master both. It's something that we, for like transparency, we talk about a lot in the sense that we know how how sort of good our product is that we have here. But because currently our visibility is essentially so low on LinkedIn, it's like, well, how are people supposed to know what we're doing here or who we are or what we're about? Like, it works so much better, doesn't it? When you do start posting on LinkedIn and talking about who you are and your services and people naturally go, oh, I need that. I'll just get in touch with these guys. And you don't realize like how many of your customers are out there that already have a need that needs to be fulfilled. And you don't need to really hunt for them if you're more vocal about what you do and your services. They're just there, the waiting for someone to fill the need and fill the problem. Do you know what the interesting thing is? That you've been on the other side of like, you've been on the side of seeing the impact mm. and still you don't do it that much. So I like I'm biased, but I think it's one of like the single greatest competitive advantages that you can give yourself as a business is to like have someone or several people in the business that understand leveraging personal brand. And the reason why I think that is, is again, it comes back to that emotional point earlier where it's like, what if Steve would have let the thing win? You just couldn't imagine it. And how less like opportunity we as a business would have got. But that tells you everything. Like 99.9% .9 of people won't do it and they won't do it to the level it needs to be done consistently. Like they'll do it a little bit and then they'll get too busy in the business and head down and stuff like that. And then a couple months later, like, shit, we really need to do this personal ranting and do more of it. Oh, it's driving leads, fantastic. And then you get busy again. And recently I've been getting a few notifications from LinkedIn that my posts have been going in the top 1% of posts on the platform it pops up like you're posting the top one percent of engaged posts on the platform and i look at it and it's got 60 likes i'm like really but that tells you everything mm. like 99 percent of business owners won't like do it consistently they'll do it in spurts or they'll do it not not at all so therefore on the other side of that is like arbitrage if you're able to do it consistently over time it's a massive massive arbitrage opportunity for people and you know you're you know the impact of it and you still like you sit and you're like yeah we have low visibility and stuff like that so imagine the people that haven't seen the impact of it they're not going to get anywhere near so that kind of tells you like there's only a very 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 small percentage amount of people who actually do it consistently and they're sweeping up like all that opportunity that comes off the back of it. There's this really good quote in a book called Key Person of Influence by Daniel Priestley. And it says the top 1% of people in any industry attract 90% of the opportunity. And I think it's super true. And you see it like, I've had conversations before with, um, I remember one in particular that sticks out and this guy in an agency, the agency had been going like five years, good brand, um, ran by good people and he was sitting in the room with me and he was like referring to this new agency who'd come up six months earlier and he was like they're just winning pitches left right and center and we're up against them and they're winning shit and what he was frustrated about was they'd smashed like personal branding and it was getting them into rooms that they shouldn't even be sat in yet and not only that it was then winning them business and you win like one thing and then that levels you up a bit more and you unlock another level and all this kind of thing. So it's just like sped up the process for them that the other agency that hadn't done the personal brand thing went real slow, like took them five years to get in those pitches. But it's like small opportunity, only a certain real small amount of people will actually do it. And the thing is, we think more people are doing it than there actually is because it's like you go online and it's like you see loads of people doing it. It's like a little bubble. But then you look at the amount of businesses there actually are, look at the amount of agencies there are, like t agencies in London, I think on LinkedIn, you search them, there's like three and a half thousand. And how many of the owners of those are actually like really going on personal brand? Probably like 0.1% if that. So using the example of Steve, 
driving 90% of social change business. What happens when you tie yourself to your business in that way? And what would happen if ever you came to leave? What does that mean for the business? And what does that mean for if someone wanted to build up and sell a business? What does that mean for them getting out? I think the other point to look at is then when you build up a personal brand and you talk, especially when it's linked to a business, there's this now, this outward facing perception of what this business is, what it does, what it feels like to be there. Is there a disconnect between outward perception and then reality to anyone you bring on, be it, you know, staff or clients? And what are the pros and cons of that? That's where like authenticity has to come into it. And like business, a lot of it is like smoke and mirrors and people will naturally like inflate things just for the sake of it and to get competitive advantage and all these things um so you're naturally going to have that but i think you really have to be self-aware that like i won't say anything that's not true whereas a lot like we've seen this in business before people would just say shit that's not true Mm. and those businesses aren't gonna they're not gonna last because it's one thing again it's like social proofing and noise like if you're just noise which is like go on clubhouse now it's like noise yeah yeah Mm. there's no one there that's done anything yeah it's very rare isn't it you come across people like yeah buy my course and all this shit it's just noise you've got for like personal branding to work you've got to have the two you can't be shouting noise and then it actually turns out that you've got shit business and yeah the two have to go hand in hand you see that like obviously there's going to be situations sometimes where maybe it's not as glamorous as you sold it but that's like any business regardless of personal brand or not you go through the sales process you get them gassed up and then you close the business and is it as is 100% deliver 110% deliver (laughs) um but no that's like any business like you you put the shine on it at first yeah but the important thing is just to remember that personal brand is one thing but within personal brand it's actually your reputation and if people come in as clients or as like team and like the inside is rubbish and you're awful that spreads Mm -hmm. just as impactfully as the personal brand spreads you can't build on like a castle of sand no matter what you do and then the first point i think is a really interesting one and i've known of a couple of people where they're so tied to the business and then it comes to like exiting and it's like that it's a difficult deal to come to Mm. and that's that's always going to be the case but in terms of their next steps are they just going to be like remember can they transition and it's like anything like you know when the solo member leaves the band like you know harry styles now in one direction like he's making a damn good fist of it on his own as harry styles again i'm like referencing steve so much but so much of what he says on this topic is really interesting he said in our clubhouse he was like somebody said i think it was like that idea of um how do you deal with it internally like the perception of you building your personal brand quite aggressively how is that seen internally does it cause an issue do people not understand it and he said like the new business person was able to do their job 10 times easier because of what he was doing and then like the campaign team able to do this easier they're able to you know recruitment team are able to hire easier because of everything that's going on so it's like everybody's job becomes a little bit easier as a result of doing it so at the end of the day that's what's important to the business and i think it's down to you do have a responsibility as a founder of a business if you know you're going to leave one day the whole point of building a business is to build something that isn't reliant on one person like we work with um oliver cookson at my protein he talks about this a lot where he'd built my protein and he was like that guy that did everything and my protein might as well have been called oliver cookson limited and (laughs) it got to a point of growth and people came in and were like if you get hit by a bus tomorrow my protein's done it's finished and it was at that point he knew he needed to like he had a responsibility to the business to like make it so that he wasn't as crucial and obviously that's different when the fame side of it which is essentially like the inbound that comes in but then i feel like it's the founder's responsibility to create other channels so i think whenever 
me and Joe have talked about personal branding. It's partly when do we start? Like Campfire's had lots of iterations. And I think previously when we'd started our personal branding, like our previous office, when there was like four of us, we we would talk about things we've learned in business. And it like feels, it doesn't feel right to have a business of four. And we might have said something like, oh, we'll wait till we're 20 and we have our own office immediately. And now we're, we're here. And I'm still kind of like, oh, I don't feel like we're at the right stage where I, I can start like quote unquote preaching about what people should do or what they shouldn't do. Or I don't, when do you think is the right time to share your opinion on things or feel confident that people are going to gain value in what you're saying? I think the best way to start building a personal brand is to get over the idea that you're building a personal brand. Like my way of doing it is very simple and this is like in terms of um how to is probably like one of the most important things is like figure out the two to four things that you could talk about forever from a very like authentic honest position as well so when i think about my own thing it's real simple it's like personal branding from a thought leadership point of view but it's never me telling people how to do it because who i don't think that I'm anyone I'm of that importance I don't think of myself as somebody who tells people this is how it should be done and this is the best way to do it I just share like my thinking on the understanding of it and what I'm seeing from working on what I'm working and then the other thing is the experience of running great influence as somebody who feels like they shouldn't be running a business and that if as long as I'm running great influence, I'm going to be exposed to those two things forever. So every single day, if you ask me, like, talk to me about something on personal branding, I can sit here for hours. Talk to me about the experience of running great influence as somebody who doesn't feel like they're best suited running a business. I could talk for hours. And what a lot of people will do is like, again, it's like trying to look out to the crowd and figure out a path from there. Whereas fundamentally, like when I started doing my thing, I was like, I thought about how I wanted to be seen as well, which is that point of like preaching. I would never have like veered towards that. Fundamentally, I understand myself well enough to know that I like to be liked. I can't sleep at night if people think I'm a prick. So that comes through my tone of voice in terms of personal branding and I think that is, again, it's like the place where most people go wrong is, is trying to fit into a box. Like take the term out of it and just strip it back to like, okay, what I w actually want to do is figure out the part of my identity and what interests me and the voice that I'm trying to build that relates to this part of my life. So we're all like complex people and we all do different things. But I'm not going to be on LinkedIn talking about, you know, how I think Sergio Aguero is a Manchester City legend that should have a statue outside the Etihad. But I'll talk about that in a group chat with friends. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, again, it's this idea of like, what is the public facing version of you? Yeah. And then figuring out the most authentic way that is comfortable with you, that you know you can consistently um, do over time through the medium of text, image, video and audio so like strip away the personal branding thing because i think that actually takes people in a different direction with it than what it actually is and you see it so many times where i think personal branding has quite like a negative stigma attached to it as a term and some people if you say like just saying like yeah i'm, I'm currently spending time building my personal brand it's quite like a dickhead thing yeah, to yeah. say, isn't it? Yeah, currently working on a personal brand. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. What have you been up to recently? I've just, you know, the business is going well. I'm spending a lot of time building my personal <laughs> brand. It just sounds like a fucking egotistical thing to say. Yeah. But again, in doing that, it's like that will be the thing that puts most people off is getting the wrong idea because of the, the connotations attached with the term. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of that, again, it's like the opportunity for people that understand it's not about the wankery thing that comes with the term it's actually just like okay i have a why which for me is like building great influence okay how can i help do that 
this thing called personal branding but what is that well it's actually just figuring out the parts of me that are most suited to talk about this thing to help drive it forward through the means of text image audio and video so i think linkedin being heavily tied to people's personal branding and building up their personal brand can confuse people as well because it's quite heavy on that style of content in regards to people preaching towards camera or at least that's what i get served a lot but then you put a post on linkedin saying i think at some point we'll see or i think in the future we'll see a lot more netflix series style content about people's businesses in the interiors of businesses and then i started thinking about some of the favorite like arguably trashy tv shows that i really enjoy watching like i don't know if anyone will know what these are but gas monkey garage cake boss the interior design show that studio mcgee runs and that i get really into and i get invested in these people and i get invested in their businesses and i wanted to know your kind of opinion on what that would look like on and whether there's a place for that on platforms like linkedin i think it's just a natural progression like you you know around like 2000 big brother starts mm. and we start watching people on tv and then you know you have like uh, the osbournes the kardashians reality tv starts to come in we get obsessed with watching people then youtube comes in you get all the youtube influencers and all that kind of stuff doing daily vlogging we get obsessed with watching people and now we're watching people watching people we're like goggle box yeah. they're watching reality tv shows and we're watching them watch reality tv shows um so it's just like a human nature thing the thing that always fascinated me was like when we were at social chain there was a meeting room with glass doors and there'd be people in the meeting room and it's like oh, i fucking love to hear what was going on in yeah, yeah. and i think that's just human nature in any business is like you want to see what goes on behind closed doors and vlogging within businesses that's why like gary vaynerchuk's thing did so well that's why like the social chain thing did so well and you see it with like netflix now you got like selling sunset is essentially just a documentary about a business fundamentally and it's absolutely huge and i think over time if i had to make a call that's you'll see like netflix and amazon like snapping up deals even to the degree where they'll invest in businesses and take that equity share for distribution of like the series which will then like you just said people queuing around the corner and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. it's a smart business move to like turn the business into a like the story into content because people will just naturally love that and i think again it's something that in business it happens everywhere else but it doesn't really happen in business everything's so closed off behind closed doors secretive meetings conversations all this kind of thing whereas human nature says that we're just interested in that stuff and in every other walk of life we've kind of started getting there where it's like you know tv cameras and, and shows and documentaries and all that kind of stuff is just normal like you can watch documentaries on like football clubs it's gone back to years and years and years i remember watching like you know man city and man united documentaries on vhs's and stuff like that of like the season that took place and now it's like further along where you've got like the amazon prime stuff like all or nothing mm. and you're like inside the dressing room seeing the conversations that go down and stuff like that so they've gone from a something which is just like basic documentary and 15 years later it's like in the dressing room and business hasn't even got to a stage where it's like document documented yet i can't think of that many businesses that have had documentaries made about the story of the business it's usually books mm. like we'll read books about disney and like shoe dog and stuff like this and you'll start seeing now i think like netflix will start making adapt adaptations you know like the social network is like one of the best films i've ever seen yeah. so good because it's so fascinating and i think the more that time goes on it just makes sense like you're going to see that more and more and more and the thing is you don't need like a netflix to do that like you, you've seen it in social chain just did our own there was conversations like oh yeah this tv company want to come in and make a documentary about social chain but why don't we just do it ourselves like you don't need a netflix to be able to do things like that anymore like the barriers for doing that kind of thing are just completely eroded now and that's why personal branding has picked up so much in the past few years is because traditionally 
your personal brand is like gatekept by other people it's like you need pr pr agencies you need a a speaking agent to book like speaking gigs and stuff like that it's all the things that there's somebody else in the way of doing it and then all of a sudden like linkedin blows up and it's like your own tv channel or whatever and you don't need a pr agency or an event booker or you don't need anyone you just literally need a login and a brain and you can build a personal brand I guess one uh, pretty important question would be, say, for someone who wants to start their personal brand tomorrow, for someone who might have the resource to be able to, to get people to help, what's the first thing that they should be doing? First and foremost, like the why for doing it has got to be really important, figuring that out as the underpinning thing with it is just like consistency. And if you haven't got that figured out, you're just not going to be consistent. You're going to drop off. And then that idea of like, figuring out what are the two to four things that you can talk about forever I found is like for me really important whenever I've said that on like webinars and stuff people are like that's the thing that they attach to I actually don't think not to stab myself in the foot or anything like that but I don't think it's that hard to do I don't think it's hard to build a personal brand like it's hard to do the personal brand at scale thing if you want to be like the one of the most like that top one percent of influential people in your industry that means that you need to be doing a lot and it's typically people that are also running businesses and they've got a million things to do and therefore they need people to support that if the activity is quite large but like for me the past six months of doing it have been immense impact on the business like huge significant shift in everything from like awareness perception right through to like leads into the business and conversations that are ongoing and things like that and all i've done is like i recently started posting daily on linkedin but before that i was just like okay if i post twice a week i can do that and i would post twice a week i think it's as simple as that but you've got to know what those two things a week are they've got to be the right thing that works for you that also you know will like raise your perception as a founder as the business and all this kind of thing and then there's also got to be like a bit of push and pull and what i mean by that is like your linkedin your instagram whatever your clubhouse your podcast that's like your thing that you're putting out there and doing and the other smart thing to do is like go tap into other people's things so like I try to do webinars, try to go on podcasts, try to do this, try like Clubhouse at the minute, try to go in people's rooms and just tap into what other people are doing and, and leverage things there. So there's like great marketing communities like the marketing meetup and agency hackers and things like that. That And when I was trying to get clients initially, it's like, that's where my clients are. They're at those events. Try to do a bit of outreach to go put your voice somewhere else that isn't your own channels. But then also your own channels, like just keep it simple. Something that you can manage. Like I feel like I've got a million things to do. And this is like every other business owner. The personal brand thing tends to fall to the bottom of the priority list because you're like nailing being great for everyone else and the team. And then you and your own personal stuff tends to come at the bottom. And it's just a thing of like, how can you be consistent in making it a priority and for me that was like at first once a week and then i was like okay i've nailed the once a week thing twice a week and then it was twice a week for ages but the impact that that had in october not much impact november not much impact december january not much impact february okay this is starting to pick up march okay this is a bit crazy now so it's like compounding impact over time and i think the thing that people again it's like consistency you've got to show up and do it and you can't expect results straight away it's a very easy thing that people tend to overcomplicate the execution of it yeah i think i i always liked i think it was tim ferris was when he was talking about writing his book he was asked about how he motivated himself to write his book every day and he was just like i'll just do one shit page and that's it so i just start doing something and then as long as I get that one thing done, generally, sometimes it snowballs into some, me doing something a little bit more significant. Sometimes I just do do that. In this case, it would be like one sentence LinkedIn post that day. But 
I think for him it was about setting aside that time to do one small thing towards yeah. his personal brand. There's a few things that concept. that like I've personally done, I've seen other people do, and there's a guy called Joe Glover. He runs a marketing meetup and he did a post recently about um he's been posting every day for three years on LinkedIn. And he was like, I'm the anti like I've never gone viral. I've never had a post do more than a thousand engagements. So really I've actually failed at building a personal brand. But again, that like compounding thing, a year on, like today compared to this day last year, he's grown like triple what he was back then. He's like this interesting thing of opportunities where it's all compounding. And then in terms of actually like carving out the time, what I actually do is the thoughts tend to come when I'm working or at night or something like that. I don't, I can't sit there and go, right, I'm going to think of my LinkedIn post today. That very rarely happens. So what I have to do is I've got voice notes up on my phone and when the thought pops into my head, I'm like, ah, oh, that'd be a good idea. And just quick voice note, like 10 seconds. And I jot it down and on my voice notes, if you type in thoughts, there's like a stream of voice notes. And I'll go back on a Friday afternoon and I've carved out like time block, like 30 minutes on a Friday afternoon to go through all the things that I'd voice noted in the week, which were just like, you know, in between calls or whatever. And it's a bit of a, you do have to pull yourself out to recognize the thought and it's a difficult thing to do at first but if you just train yourself to think because what will happen is like you'll know this in business you go monday to friday insane week super busy amazing what a great week into the next one forget what happened with the last but in that one week the amount of things that you'll have like challenges that you might have gone through or experiences or interesting thoughts that you had on the line of work that you're doing all the time it's always developing in the background of the week that you're having so it's almost like trying to pull yourself out of you have to take a step back and I've found myself doing it where a thought will come and now I'm able to just and it's almost reminds me of I used to use the Headspace app for like meditating and they positioned like meditating as cars on a motorway and those are thoughts each car is a thought and what you'll be is like in the middle of the motorway and then you actually have to remove yourself and sit on the side and watch the passing cars as you go and then you recognize the one that you're looking for and it's never a case for me of like sit down and think about my personal brand now it's just like an autonomous approach where I just let it happen as I'm going through my week and I'll just quickly take a note and I come back to it later. And then that's when it comes to like, right, okay, how can I turn this into, you know, a 10 second voice note that is actually just like three words that don't really make sense and turn it into an observation or a thought. And there's a strategy like community called Sweathead. And there was something that they posted on there about like the art of turning a thought into an observation. And that's kind of what, I feel like I'm trying to do a lot of the time with content. It's like I have the thought, but the thought isn't coherent. It's not articulated well. And there's an art in actually then turning that thought into an observation that an audience will find engaging. And that is just kind of like, yeah, sharpening your copywriting skills and stuff like that. And and how like public speaking and things like that, being able to articulate the thoughts that you've had into like actual observations that people can resonate with. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. My pleasure. It's been a great one. Thanks so much for listening to Breaking Social. Make sure you subscribe to us so you're notified when an episode drops. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing at Campfire, make sure to follow us on the socials in the show notes. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode.